It's a time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. We all encounter challenges in our lives. Sometimes we create them, amen? You know, sometimes we're the ones that create these challenges. Um, and others is just because we, we live in this world. Kind of along the line that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, uh, that we have to realize that, yeah, challenges and difficulties come. Don't think it's strange. That's what James said. When you fall into trials of many colors or many shapes, various kinds of trials and tribulations, don't think it's strange. Uh, Jesus said that it rains on the, the just and the unjust. Things happen. Things happen in this world just because we're not really designed to live in the world that we have today. You know, it's changed from the Garden of Eden. Things changed. And uh, the Bible says that, that this world, it, it, all creation is groaning, crying out for deliverance, crying out for Jesus, the Messiah, to come and for a new heaven and new earth because we're out of design. Sin uh, came into this world. If you're saved, if you're a child of God, you've been delivered from sin. But, you know, these natural bodies are still in an environment that is changing all the time because uh, it's, you know, that's what happened. That's just what happened at the fall. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Acts, or not Acts, Romans chapter 8. This is a powerful chapter in this book. It's the pinnacle in this book that kind of gets us to uh, victory. You come through Romans 6 where Paul is talking about the, the flesh and how that, uh, to try to count this old man, this old flesh to be dead, realizing that we were created or we were crucified with Jesus Christ on the cross. Chapter 7, he's talking about his struggle, about the things that he's wanting to do uh, now that he's changed. He he's, finds himself not doing the things he doesn't want to do. That's what he finds himself doing. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me? He goes into chapter 8 and starts out and says, there's now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. You know, we're not under condemnation. If, if you feel condemnation coming, that's not from God. That's from the devil. He'll put you down and tell you that uh, and devalue you. Well, God says that, wait a minute, you are righteous. You're mine. You know, I, you are very valuable because I gave my son for you. So, uh, God it begins to encourage us throughout this chapter 8. And in verse 28 is a very familiar passage there that most of us read. And sometimes it's always used kind of as the fallback scripture when you go to somebody and they're in the hospital or, or something's falling apart. And we go to this scripture and we, you know, it says, For all things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. You know, sometimes I get tired of hearing that. <laughs> you know, if you're going through some struggles, you know, it's like, yeah, well, don't you want to quote that to me? I know that. <laughs> I, I know that verse just as well as you do. It's not a matter of knowing it here and being able to confess it or, or, or to recite it. It's a matter of knowing it here. And so I want us to take a look at this passage of Scripture today, and I believe that it will help us throughout these times and, again, if you're not, you know, there's only two types of people really in the, in, or two types of believers in this world. And that's the ones that are, are going, that are, are in a trial, in some trouble, in some, uh, some difficult times, or those that have come out and are getting ready to go in, getting ready to go into some. So wherever you are, if you're in the midst of a struggle or you're getting ready to go into a struggle, I believe the word of God will help you today. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, today we position ourselves to receive your word. Mind be renewed today according to the word of God. 
that we might discover the will of God. Spirit, soul, just re- open up and receive the word of God and, and let faith arise in us. Not just delivering faith, but sustaining faith to help us in the difficult times as we go through them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, everybody there? It says, and, in addition to this, and we know that all things work together for good to those who, are, who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be, what? Conformed to the image of his son. Conformed. Do you think you can have a, tra- a, 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 to be conformed to something? It's kind of action, isn't it? It's, it's something that's shaping, isn't it? So being conformed means something's got to take place. So we're being, con- to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among brethren, Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. What shall we say then uh, to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? That's a question mark there. Go to verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Another question mark there. Look at verse 37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. Through all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than a conqueror. That means that when you conquered something, that there's still enough in you, there's still enough conquering in you to, to go into another trial or tribulation or another battle and conquer there. You think about that. So you, you conquer this one war, this one battle, and you come out and you go into another one. You're more than a conqueror, more than just conquering that thing. There's more there. How does that happen? In this process, what we see basically here in this whole passage of Scripture is the providence of God. Providence of God. Well, what's that, Pastor? This is one of the ways that how God looks out for us, how he sustains us uh, during the, the, dif- the difficult times, but not just sustains us, but develops us and conditions us. Providence basically um, means that it's something that God's already providing now and shaping now for what you're going to need over there on that side. I read a story about this, um, there was a shipwreck and the lone survivor washed up on the shores of this uninhabited island. He cried out to God, save me, God, help me, deliver me, get me off of here. And he prayed and cried and prayed. And and, um, so finally he just decided to build a little hut and the things that he had with him, he, he put them in this little hut and he went off to do some hunting for some food. And when he came back, he saw the hut was just burning up on fire. And he's like, oh, my goodness, what a down day he had. He just fell down and just cried. He thought, you know, could it get any worse? Has anybody ever been there? <laughs> you know, it seemed like that, you know, everything falls apart. And then just the little that you have that you put together, and then you turn around and you go to do something, and then that's just gone. So it was just burnt to the ground, and he would just cry, and he was just so d- disappointed and dejected. And 
night came through. He, he kind of cried through the night. And the next morning, this, this ship arrives, and these guys get off, and they come, and they rescue him. He's looking. He's just so amazed. He said, well, how did you know we, I was even here? They said, well, we saw your smoke fire, your, your fire. We saw the smoke from the fire. And uh, he's like, wow. Well, see, God brought that about so that, you know, we, he thought that he was losing everything that he had. And God said, no, I'm just providing for the ship that's going to come by so that they can see that. Uh, that, that's that uh, provision that God does. That, that's his providence. Um, you know, even though it doesn't seem like it, maybe right now or when we're in the midst of a, a battle or a storm, we have to realize that our, our present difficulty, our present struggle uh, may be the actual instrument that God is using for our future uh, and to bring about maybe happiness in our future might be difficult right now, but boy, there's some rejoicing that's going to come from it. Hallelujah. Um, you know, we're conditioned. It says, or where Paul says that, there, that what's happening is we're being conformed to his image. And so God is constantly working on us. He's a good God. He knows what we need. And he's working now before we ever get there. So he conditions us now to conquer. How many of you ever gone through a conditioning program? What does that bring to mind? Pain. <laughs> yeah, some challenges, some difficulties. Amen. Um, here's the word conditioned means to bring into a good or desirable state or condition. It means to be or become similar in form, nature, or character. So we are being conformed into his image. So we are being conditioned. God's working us and he's developing us so that we actually begin to uh, show forth the very character of Christ. Wow, that's amazing. His character. Now, you know, glory, the glory of God reveals his splendid character. Glory, when we see the word glory, uh, it says that it, it reminds us of God's abundance, his authority, his power, um, his, his very character, all that God is, you know, whatever character that we need to see displayed is, some, is used sometimes in that word glory, however it finds, however it's used in a passage of Scripture. Um, there again, where we, we read in our text, it says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. You know what's so cool is that God can see around the corner. I've seen the military sometimes, they'll try to, they've got this, this weapon now that I think they can twist it somehow and it can actually shoot around the corner. You know, that used to be like in the cartoons, you know, we'd see how they'd bend something and it'd shoot around the corner. They can actually have a weapon now that does that. Um, and then, you know, sometimes they would fix this mirror where they could turn it and they could look at that and they could see around the corner. God doesn't need any of those things. He can see around our corner. He can see into the future. We all, all we can see is, you know, what we can see, but God sees all what, where we're going to be. And so that's cool because, remember, God's got your best interest in mind. All things work together for good to those that love God and call according to his purpose. Well, you are called according to his purpose. He wants to work his will and his way in your life. So, therefore, if that's the case, then all things that happen are going to work together for good. We can't always see the good in it, but we have to trust that it's going to. That's conditioning us. And sometimes that conditioning seems worse than what any trial that we could ever face. Um, but it's developing in us the character of Christ that's necessary for that next encounter. 
conformed. It means to be or become similar in form, in nature, or, or character. So we're going to be formed into his likeness and his image. Verse 30 there in a passage of Romans 8, it says, Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. There's that word, glorified. Wow, God has glorified you or he glorifies you. And we go from glory to glory. That word, it's used in many different ways. And so you have to really find the application and how, it, how it's being used in the passage of Scripture. But um, we have to realize that what he's doing is there, in that he's going to bring about his very character, his godly character. Uh, he's going to, who, who Je- Jesus, you know, Jesus, his character is going to be seen through you, be glorified. In other words, that you'll be manifesting the character of God. As you go through a challenge or as things come against you, God's working for your good because he's going to develop the very character of Jesus that people can see that in you. Wow, they said, well, I just don't know how you can have that kind of peace. Oh, it's, it's the peace that passes all understanding. It's the peace that Jesus said, you know, uh, my peace I give you, not as the world gives, but, you know, I give it to you. It's the shalom. It's this peace of jurisdictional authority that we know that God has all jurisdiction and has all authority here, so what have I to fear? What have I dread? I'm trusting him in his shalom, in his authority, in his peace that, that he gives to me. I don't have to worry about it. Though no weapon that's formed against me can prosper. All those that rise up against me shall fall. Why? Because he reigns. He reigns. And so we can have that peace. Well, that's a character that's developed in you. And you might hear it if you've never gone through a situation where you have to display it. You really won't know it. Does that make sense? See, because we hear certain things preached, we read it in the Word, but until we have to use it in a real-life situation, it really doesn't become real in your life. Faith is not faith until it's tested. You've heard me say that many times. Faith is not faith until it's tested. The trial of our faith works what? Patience or perseverance. Patience. Isn't that tough? I don't know about you, but I don't know if I had ADD when I was a kid or what, but I just wasn't very patient. I mean, I'm ready to move on to the next thing. Patience, wow. Um, I think my dad, one of his words or expressions to me I remember because obviously I must have heard it a lot of times was don't get in such a fizz. I'm not sure exactly where he got that or a fizz. I guess that's when, you know, those things hit the water and go, You know, maybe that's the way he saw me. I don't know. But patience just didn't come natural to me. And so I've had to go through a lot of things where the trial of my faith has developed some patience and some perseverance to continue doing what you're doing. You know, continue, perseverance is to con- continue doing something in spite of opposition or difficulty. Follow it through. Just keep on. And God, knowing that God is our source, he's not going to leave us. He's not going to fail us. Hallelujah. So um, he says there that he justified. He says these he also glorified. He brings, he manifests his character through us. So he's conditioning us to conquer. Everybody say, I'm being conditioned to conquer. Hallelujah. You know, before we ever see our our dreams come to pass, before we ever see our uh, destiny in effect, um, we have to go through some conditioning. We really do. We have to, by faith or by hope, 
We, we earnestly expect that these things are going to come about. And so that way we expect that God's going to um, bring about his blessings or he's going to do this through us, our destiny. But before we ever get to that point, he's beginning to develop us right now in those things. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 8 from the New International Version, uh, the writer says, although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obeyed. Talking about Jesus. It says, you know, and think about it. If he had to go learn obedience from what he suffered, how much more do we need to learn obedience from what we suffer? We think we might be obedient, but wow. Learning obedience. Now, whatever in whatever category that might come on your life. Maybe it's finances. Maybe we have a constant problem with finances, and we're trying. We're trying to do all we can. We're we even listen to uh, David Ramsey, you know. We're, we're just trying to figure out how to handle these finances. But the thing is, is maybe we're not following God's principles. It doesn't make sense to give when I don't even have enough to pay all my bills. I know it doesn't make sense. A lot of, a lot of principles don't make sense. But God's principles say, are, are saying, Lord, I trust you. I know I can't do it in my own strength or on my own mentality. Uh, so I'm going to trust you. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to trust you. So I'm going to be obedient to your word. And so we, we suffer a lot of these different things so that we have to turn to him and say, hey, I need help. I, I don't know what else to do. And so when we, then when we're obedient to his word, he says, wow, and he brings it about. Isn't it amazing how God can take the same thing that where we were struggling on, and after we give him just a portion of it, he turns around and blesses it so that it's, it's much more. I don't understand it. I really don't understand it, but it's amazing how it works. Same way through um, maybe healing, you know? And, in, you know, under the gifts of the Spirit, it's the only gift of the Spirit that's plural. Gifts, plural, of healings, plural. Why? Because there's many kinds of sicknesses. A lot of times as we suffer through trials of sickness, we, we reach out and when maybe there's no hope or what the doctor's prescribed is not working, so we have to do what? Turn to him. You know, a lot of times if we would turn to him, one thing I have learned, since I wasn't a, and not by nature a very patient person, I decided I'm going to turn to him real quick. <laughs> Try, let's get this thing over with. All right? I want to learn my lesson now so we can get this over with so I can go to the next one, you know. Um, doesn't always work that way, but... We should turn to, what, Lord, what is it that you're, that you're developing in me? I want to respond to the conditioning, not react to it, so that I learn this, that we can move on. Well, as we begin to learn these things, wow, it changes us. We're not the same person. I'm not the same father today as I, I was 40 years ago or so. You know, why? Well, I don't worry about it. Some things I just don't worry about as much as I used to. And, you know... My kids say that I'm not the same person to my grandkids. No, of course not. I hope I change. I hope I change every day, right? We ought to be changing. We ought to be uh, changing every day into his image, into his likeness, so that he, we, his glory, his character is being seen through us. But that only happens as we're conditioned. As the rough edges are knocked off and iron sharpens iron, as God begins to develop in us. So... Paul says that uh, although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obeyed. He entered into his destiny when he was 
uh, after he had been being developed. So God's going to develop you for your, de- your destiny. He's going to condition you to be a conqueror. He, you're going to uh, be strengthened in your struggles. You're going uh, to learn more as you, as you go through training and in, uh, in your trials. Hey, you know what? God's working in us. What, there used to be an old song back in the 70s, uh, he's still working on me. He's still working on me. I can't remember all the words to it, but I thought, boy, that's, that's true. Uh, they had a bumper sticker that said, not perfect, but forgiven, you know. <laughs> so God's always working on us every day. We need to yield to him and let him work on us. There needs to be uh, development in us before there's a fulfillment, just as we read about Jesus. There needs to be uh, preparation before promotion. So God's getting you ready for up here. As we're on this level, remember life has lived on levels and arrived at in stages, and so he's already preparing us for this promotion. And you know, that may be even work in your natural realm. God's preparing you now for the promotion that you're going to get on your job. Respond to it, you know, and let him work it in you. He's uh, training us now for triumph down there. I need to respond to it. Hallelujah. You know, and why does he do that? Because he knows that what got us here won't get us there. What got us to this level was for this level. But it won't get us to the next level, so he has to train us so we can triumph here. He has to condition us. He has to, uh, you know, uh, condition us here so that we can conquer there. There's always, he he never, um, it's never a a stagnant type of life. You know, we're always moving forward. If you're not moving forward in God, you're backsliding or you're, you're just stagnant, right? And so on this level, yeah, I'm supposed to achieve certain things, but this level now, I learn more things so I can go to the next level. You know, in school, you didn't go from kindergarten to, uh, to you know, the 11th grade. You know, you went in stages. You learned some things here that would prepare you for this next level. And you learned some things on that level to get you to this next level, amen? Well, we always want to skip all that and just go to the end, right? But it just doesn't work that way. Now, God had to teach the children of Israel this. I want you to turn to Exodus. I've preached on this passage of Scripture before. It's fun. It's, I like it. Exodus chapter 13. A couple of verses there, verses 17 and 18. It's interesting. If we'll pay attention to how God works in his nature and his character, we can find out what he's doing in our life. In, in Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, say amen when you get there. Amen. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. I'm always trying to take the shortest route. And those of you that have ridden motorcycles with me, even on that GPS, and I'll put shortest route. Let me just tell you, when you take the shortest route... You can get into some weird places. <laughs> you can wind up in some places that, you know, it's just, it's just really strange. You're just kind of looking around, you know. God didn't take them the shortest route. He took them because of the fact that uh, they weren't ready. They couldn't handle that, okay? So it says that um, he didn't take them through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. He says, you're not... You're not equipped yet. You're not conditioned to conquer this level yet. So I need to take you on a 
detour. I need to take you on a roundabout way because you're not ready for that yet. Because if you face that, you're liable to be so discouraged that you just throw your hands up and quit. Hmm. Now, I know I've been in some trials. Where I thought, wait a minute, if this is the roundabout way, if this is the detour, whoo, I sure would have hated to, to take that short way through. And look what he says. He says, um, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way. This is from the New Living Translation. He led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus, the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. So he did condition them to conquer, but it was in a detour route. I hate detours. I really do. Oh, my goodness. They were working on the... the uh, Barry Boulevard or something over there by the mall for forever, and there was times when you get it there. I came up one time, I'm like, what? I, I don't know, I need to get to the hospital or something over that way, and they got it blocked off. I had to go through Blackwood Street or something, I don't know, all back through this way, and I'm thinking, what in the world? We're in the neighborhood, man, and you know, I didn't know all this was down there, but you know what? All of a sudden, I looked up, and hey, I was right close to my destination. I thought, well, that's pretty smart. Those guys putting them barrels out there in those flags, they, at least they knew how to get us around this thing. I went on a roundabout way. But, you know, we're always so set on what we want that we don't like detours. How many of you like detours? You know, we're on a mission. <laughs> we're on a mission for God. We ain't got time to be doing no detours, you know. I mean, interstate highways, detour. <laughs> now we're over here. Now we're on either on a two-lane that's supposed to be, you know, six lanes, and now we're cut down to here so traffic's real slow, or you're back out into somewhere, I don't know, detours. You know what I've found in my years of traveling and various things? There's always going to be a detour. And there's always going to be construction on highways, amen? There will always be construction. Something's always happening. Well, it's the same way in our life. We'll always have these detours. We're going to have these roundabout ways, but God takes us on these roundabout ways to prepare us for battle. We might not be able to handle that straight way through, but don't worry. It's if the detour, just respond to God. Enjoy the trip, amen? Enjoy the scenery. God led them on a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. The whole thing there is he was working for their good. Even though they couldn't see that he was working for their good, all things worked together for good to those that love God. He didn't want to take them through. The, the Philistines would have tore them apart at that particular time. He was still preparing them to be an army. They didn't even know what, they had been slaves. They didn't know how to fight, but God was preparing them. And so on that roundabout way, he began to equip them so that they would be ready for battle when they got there. And when they did get there, hey, they were undefeated. Amen? So here's a point. The way that God leads us really might, might not make a lot of sense to us, but we've got to trust him that he's, uh, he has his reasons for each and every detour in our life. He has his reason, and just respond to it. You know, I remember traveling with my parents, and we'd get off on a detour or something would happen and uh, maybe we'd get over there, and then we'd see that there was a wreck. And my mom would say, you know what? You know, thank you, Lord, that, that you watched over us. If we hadn't have stopped, if we hadn't had that extra few minutes at such and such place, and we were delayed there, we would have been right in the middle of that accident. Well, I've seen that happen before. Oh, I'm delayed. <gasps> I'm ready to go. We're delayed. And it's really not a delay. 
It's God that's holding you and, keep, and protecting you because he can see around the corner. He knows that if, if, right on your, if you're on your perfect timing that you thought, you would be right in the middle of that catastrophe, that wreck, that thing that hit. Wow. So you know what? Enjoy the delay. You know, I, thank God for smartphones. I, I got, I'll download notes and stuff to it. And so if a delay comes up, I pull it up. I'm reading the Bible. I'm reading some of my notes. I'm making notes. I'm praying. And I'm saying, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good, God. And so I want to try to make the best, you know, of this roundabout way. I want to make the best of this little delay, so to speak. In the year, I think it was around 2000 or so. No, it was, it was 90. I guess it was 97, they had this big Promise Keepers event in Washington, D.C. And there was, oh, my goodness, I'm telling you, uh, I don't even know how many. I have a picture in my, on my wall over there. Robert McGee and I went up there, and there were so many men there, so many Promise Keepers there. It was phenomenal. And the whole mall between uh, the Capitol Building and the Washington Monument over toward the White House and back in this way, it's just men and literally, in that whole, I don't know how many acres that in, but you had to almost walk like this to get through, you know, sideways. And that was cool. I wasn't worried about that. Cause I thought it was just amazing. We were at the, uh, the uh, cemetery the, uh, over in Virginia and at, around the, the tomb of the unknown soldier, and we heard the, the music fire up way over there at the mall. And it was like, oh, wow, this is going to be good. And so, you know, in this whole thing, on our trip up, we were excited. We were ready to go, and, and uh, we ended up flying Delta, I think it was. And so when we got to Atlanta, which is a big hub for Delta, well, we're there on the plane, and so we're sitting there, and we're sitting there, we're sitting there. It's like, okay, what's up, what's up, you know? And, I mean, we sat there about an hour, and they said, well, we're having problems with the aircraft, and we think that they're about to get it fixed and solve it. And so they kept apologizing. Finally, after a couple of hours, they come and say, well, we need you to uh, exit the airplane, and because uh, it's, you know, they're going to have to do some other things to it. So we exit. Man, there's some people just griping and complaining. And oh, my goodness. I mean, foul mouth and all these mechanics and everything. Finally, this one lady, they came back and they said, uh, well, all those that were on such such flight for Washington, D.C., uh, you have been, we're, we're putting, moving you to another flight. And, and you'll be another airplane. This lady next to me, and she was just griping, griping, griping. Finally, I just couldn't resist. I said, well, ma'am, you know, I'm sure that if you'd like to fly that broken-down airplane that's probably going to crash in the middle of the air, if, if you want to do that, you could probably stay here and get on that one. But I don't know about you, but I, I think I'll take the new airplane. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I'm glad they had a little delay. I'd rather them find it on the ground than find it in the air. Amen? So, you know, God, was, he works for us. Don't worry about the delays. Don't worry about the roundabout ways. Enjoy it. And all the promise keepers on there that were on there found out there was a lot. They were just, everybody was happy. When we hit New York, when we got to, uh, to Washington, D.C., and they, they just kept kind of blowing this off at that particular time that there weren't going to be that many men. We completely overwhelmed the subway systems. They had to put on extra trains and stuff. And, and they finally put on uh, just direct uh, subways just for promise keepers overwhelmed them. When we got ready to come home, on the airplane, it was all these men that had been the promise keepers. The entire aircraft, they were putting on extra flights because there were just so many men at that particular time that had come to promise keepers. And, and so, you know, when there were delays because they hadn't anticipated the crowds, nobody got nervous about it. We just all sit there and talk about Jesus, you know, and, and uh, enjoy the Lord and, and think, hey, I'm not worried about it. They're getting something fixed for me. 
Why do we want to gripe and complain? Maybe what's there isn't going to help us because I know God works all things for good for me. So if it's a delay, fix it. (laughs) Fix that thing, man. I believe that, you know, God's the one that's ruling and reigning. He can see around the corner. I don't know. I'm going to trust him when I get on to an aircraft that some man in his own natural ability has taken care of and maintained. I want God to check it out. And if he needs to, uh, to pull it to the side and put me on another one because I'm in his kingdom, I'm under his direction, and he's working all things for my good, I'm not going to gripe about it. Well, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus, that you had, we had a little delay here. You know, so it might not make a lot of sense, some of these delays or these little detours in our life. Detours take all kinds of ways, you know. Maybe we had certain plans and all of a sudden now then because of of financial situation or a sickness or uh, a child situation or whatever that it just didn't work out. Something about it just didn't work out. We're going to have the opportunity to go to Australia to the Hillsong uh, Conference this year. Fourteen years ago, I think it was, 2003, I guess it's long, 15 years ago, we were supposed to go. And, um, I mean, we had our conference paid, had everything ready to go, and um, we had a situation with some grandkids that we needed to take into our home, and, and uh, uh, these uh, Alicia's girls, and we needed to uh, provide for them, so we had to cancel that trip, and right at first I was thinking, man, you know, we don't get our registration back, and I was so frustrated, we really wanted to go, and I thought, Lord, I don't understand this, and he, he didn't say, <laughs> he's kind of like, well, okay, I know you don't understand it, but don't worry about it, you know. I'm watching out for you. Well, it's been a 15-year delay, but hey, we're going to go to Australia. We're going to enjoy that conference. I don't know. God just brought it up uh, at this particular time. We don't understand these things. You know, it wasn't time or we had some other things to do. We need to help out. We need to be the Good Samaritan along that time. Remember, the Good Samaritan was as he was on his way, as, as he journeyed, he looked over and he saw them. And so he stopped his journey, got off his donkey, went over and he helped that person that was down. And he poured in the oil and the wine and he took care of them. After he had taken care of them and he was made sure that, then he got back on and he continued his journey. Sometimes in our life, we just got to stop our journey for just a second because somebody needs help. Hello? Somebody needs us and God is working us away. He says, well, you know what? Just pause here for a second and, and go over here and take care of this person. Sometimes it's just to see if we're going to be faithful in those things. If you're faithful in a few things, he'll make you what? Rule over many. That's conditioning to conquer. He's conditioning you now to be a conqueror. Hallelujah. Praise your name. One thing I do know about delays or detours is they always catch you off guard because we're set. We're going this way. and Boom. Wait a minute. What? A detour, it always catches us off guard. And right at that moment, we have the, the opportunity to praise or gripe and complain. We just need to praise him. Oh, boy. Praise God. I get a detour. I wonder what's down this way. <laughs> Hadn't been down this, this way before. People think you're crazy. <laughs> but that's all right. Just take an opportunity for a crazy praise. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9 in the New International Version, he's, God says this. Hey, what's up? No, he didn't say that. <laughs> he, says, he says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Wow. Hello. Some of you need to wake up. In case you didn't know it, God's still alive. He didn't die and make you God. He didn't set you on the, the throne and say, okay, now whatever you're, you know, we're going to follow your thoughts. You know, his thoughts are not our thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, 
so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. We don't understand his thinking or his ways. They're way beyond our comprehension. So we just have to trust him. We just have to trust him that he's going to use these things for our good. He's going to develop us and condition us to be conquerors. Hallelujah. What we just need to do is we just got to rest assured that God, in his divine sovereignty and in his divine wisdom, uh, has a reason for this circumstance or this detour in my life. And because we know that God's good, and we know, remember that first part of, those, of that verse there in Romans eight twenty eight. and we know that all things work. Do you know that? See, and if we know that God is good, then we're going to know that, that the detours are also going to be good because he's working for us, he's not working against us. Are you getting that? I don't know, you probably not, you know, I'm probably the only one that's ever griped about a detour in life. God, I don't understand this. We're, we're supposed to be doing this. And, and it, you know, well, he has us over here. He's got a reason for it. Don't miss the opportunities that God has for us. We're being conditioned to, uh, to conquer. He says there in verse 30 of Romans 8, Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. glorified. He glorified us. Remember, he's working to bring his way, his will and his way in, in us. You know, we don't understand the why that we're going through this. We don't understand the why something happened. We don't understand um, why God's taking so long, but we just have to realize that, again, we got to know that God is for us. Verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, is God for you? Now, you think about it. When trials come, the devil tries to make you think, well, if God really cared about you, you wouldn't be going through this mess. What he's trying to do is convince you. He's trying to condition you to fail while God's going to use it for your good to condition you to conquer. The devil's trying to tell you that, you know, don't trust God. God's not a good God. you got to know that before you ever step into that trial. We need to know that now so that when a trial or tribulation comes, that I know God's good, so I know he's going to work something good for me. I don't question that. If you get in the midst of a trial and you're questioning whether or not God is good and where he's trying to work something good for you, if you're questioning that, boy, you're, going to, you're in a heap of trouble. Satan will take you out. It's, man. So the first thing you've got to do uh, when in trials is you've got to know. You have to certain. okay, now wait a minute. God's good. He loves me. He cares about me. He's called me before the foundation of the world. He predestined me. So then, therefore, on this, in this situation, in the struggle, he's going to use this to develop me. Joseph, you know, has a dream. God shows him his destiny, his purpose. You know, that he's going to rule. Things are going to bow down to him. Well, then he shares that with his brothers. His brothers sell him to enslave. They throw him into a pit. They, they, they sell him off and he goes into slavery. Then he's in, in the jail. He's in prison. And then, you know, and here it is 27 years later. Joseph could have said, you know what, God? Why did you ever give me those dreams? That's not right. That's not true. But Joseph knew that, that he hung on. He said, God's good. You know, and, you know, these things are happening, but yet God's going to work in me. And so it so conditioned him that when Pharaoh needed someone to be in charge, he found Joseph and he selected Joseph. And Joseph, there was... Uh, he was second only to the Pharaoh, no one else. He ruled in that place. And when his brothers came, he said, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. 
Something that he always knew was that God's working for my good. Boy, here's these detours in life. Wow, what a detour. Pit, prison, now the pinnacle. Okay, he, he got there. If you're destined to reign, you're going to reign. <laughs> you're going to reign. Hallelujah. Trust him in these things. Being conditioned to conquer. Another example, David goes up. His dad tells him, take some bread and some, also some cheese and go up there and see your brothers. Report back to me. Let me know what's happening as he goes. And he hears this big mouth, somebody out there in that valley of Eli. And, and just a, crying out and insulting the, armies, uh, the army of God. And man, he just... That righteous indignation rises up in him. He says, we need to take care of this situation. You know the story. He went to Saul. He said, I'm going to go out there. I'll take him out. I don't need your, your armor. God's already prepared me. I took out a lion. I took out a bear. Who does this guy think he is? He was saying, you know what? I've already been conditioned to conquer. He couldn't take out a giant if he'd never taken out a lion or a bear. So God, at that time when David thought, you know, no, nobody liked him. He was rejected. They thought he was an illegitimate child. His dad thought that his mom, you know, went out with somebody else and had him. So he would just push David away. You go out and watch the, the sheep, you know, never around his brothers. And even his brothers, if you read that story there in 2 Samuel 17, they said, what are you doing? You know, what do you think you, you know, what are you talking to this guy about anyway? His brother was insulting him. He said, just go back and take care of those old raggedy old sheep that, that you watch over. But all that time when David was rejected and and pushed off to the side, he said, you know what, but God loves me. And so he, fought, he let God condition him because God says, hey, man, I'm not through with you. I'm going to set you on a throne. You're going to conquer not only this lion, the bear. You're going to conquer a giant. You're going to conquer enemies for me. I'm going to set you on a throne. God hasn't forgotten about you. Hello. God hasn't forgotten about you. Are you hearing me today? He's conditioning you right now to conquer the next thing and take you to the next level. Well, somebody ought to get excited about that. God is in control. So God loves you. He, he has his best for you, and he's in control. So we've got to trust him that he's, going to be, that he's faithful. And we've got to be faithful. Then we have to be faithful to his principles and his, his purposes and our struggles and in our difficulties and all these things that come against us. We've got to be faithful to him. Verse 18 of Romans chapter 8. And this whole chapter is a good chapter, but back up in verse 18 before Paul said this down in, in verse 28. In verse 18, he says, I consider that our present sufferings, plural, sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Remember in verse on down there in 28 on through when he's talking about, hey, he's going to glorify us. He's going to show his character in us. He said all these sufferings, they're not even worth comparing to what's going to happen. He said, I'm submitting to God's conditioning. He's conditioning me to conquer Hallelujah. You know, instead of getting mad at God, which most people do, or get mad at somebody else, get mad at the preacher, get mad at the church, get mad at you, whatever, you know, when something happens, we ought to just worship him. You know, people go around, well, why am I having all these problems? You know, well, why is this happening to me? Why didn't it happen to somebody else? Well, you know, Lord, God, why, why aren't you working for me? He is. You have to trust that. You have to, by faith, you have to believe that he is. So that's like delivering faith. we got to believe that God's going to deliver us. But you know what? Between de being delivered, and I preached a message about delivering faith and sustaining faith, but before, 
between the time of being delivered down here is all this in between where we need the faith to sustain us through this problem, even if it's like Joseph, that is 27 years. David was anointed king when he was just a, a young man. He didn't sit in the, in the, on the throne until years later. Something has to sustain us throughout this time. And that's that expectation for good. It's faith and hope locked together, see? And so, you know, yeah, I can believe that God's going to deliver me, but if I don't see it happen right now, then I have to let that faith sustain me to believe that God's going to, I'm going to trust him in the midst of this until I do see a breakthrough over here. Oh, somebody ought to praise him on that. So he uses our challenges to strengthen us and, and condition us to, to be conquerors. And there's many examples through this, this thing of how God works and conditions us to, to be conquerors. All through his word, he's always showing that he's working with us. He's working in us. He wants to work through us. You got to know that God is going to, uh, uh, He's going to sustain you, and you got to know that you're going to fight this thing through. You have to have that determination. I'm going to fight this thing through. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to fight this thing through, and I'm going to praise God. You know, if, if it, oh, whatever it does to the devil, it doesn't matter. I'm going to fight this thing through. That has to be your determination. You got to know first of all that God is going to work it for your good. Then you have to be determined, I won't fight this thing through. I believe God's going to increase my faith he's, so that I can have sustaining faith as well. I believe he'll deliver me. But until he does, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yes, O king, our, our God can deliver us. But even if he doesn't, I'm not going to bow down and praise you. So they said, you know what? God will sustain us until he delivers us. They threw him in the fiery furnace, and who jumped in there with him? Jesus and he worked with them. He walked around. They were just in there praising God. And you want know they had faith to sustain them through that fire until God delivered them. Daniel, he says, yeah, I, I believe God can deliver me, but I'm not going to yield to this thing. We ought to obey God rather than men. Throw him into the lion's den. Well, you know what? I believe God can keep me alive in this lion's den. And so he had to have sustaining faith to get him through the lion's den till he could be delivered on the other end. Amen. And then God set him up to a higher place. He went to another level. That's what God's wanting to do with you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Will you let him do that? Will you let him do it? Hey, this is Pastor Paul Golden. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe, rate it, and review. Also, you can help us to reach others by investing today at likechristiancenter.com slash give. Thank you for joining us on LCC's podcast. God bless you and have a great day.